Hi, and welcome to the RPG Academy Show and Tell. Show and Tell is a show where we like to bring on somebody in the RPG space and talk about something cool they're working on. I'm Mo, and today we're going to be talking to Kimmy Hughes, designer of Starscape and Decima. Decima has currently been nominated for an Any Award for Best Non-Digital Aid or Accessory. Hi, uh, I am Kimmy Hughes. I am known as Golden Lasso Girl in most online spaces. I am a TTRPG designer and producer. I have my own small publishing company. And by small, I mean very, very small. There's just me. And I also run a streaming and podcast network known as the Happy Jacks RPG Network. And just for fun, everybody, and for full disclosure, uh, I am a, a happy jacker. I, I show up on their website and on their streams, and uh, sometimes I give uh, questionable advice on their advice show. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to give us the elevator pitch for uh, Starscape, your so, brand, your new game that's yeah. coming out one day. Eventually. Yeah, it's still in the design process. The beta is available right now. But Starscape is a PBTA hack where it's basically about trust and found families in space. So you can play it in a couple different flavors. There's the utopian exploration flavor, aka Star Trek. And then there's like the crew for hire, the kind of like roughing it out in the, the different parts of space, AKA the firefly flavor. And then there's the, what we call fortunes fools, where you're just a bunch of people who got thrown together randomly with no plan or purpose other than just surviving, which is the farscape flavor. So at the beginning, you pick your flavor, you create your ship, you create your crew together. And uh, yeah, and then as you go on adventures, it's all very much affected and focused on the trust and relationships between the characters on the ship. So you do have adventures, you, there's combat, there's those things, but similar to these stories, like if you watch any of these shows for any length of time, you realize that the adventures and the combats and things are actually a catalyst for the relationships between the characters mm. rather than you know, the, the real focus of the shows. So it's like every show, there's a different thing they're facing. So what they're facing isn't the focus. It's how they live with each other in the little tin can in space. Or if you're Star Trek, like very nice tin can in space. Um, so that's really the focus of the game and how you react to each other and live like on top of each other, have the A plot, but also all the little B plots about who's dating or, you know, what their goal is, or maybe they have uh, a side job somewhere or trying to make a buck or whatever it is. Nice. Um, I want to come back to that, but how did you get into game design? Um, I started my ga game design with a game called Decimo, which is a tarot-based world-building tool. Um, I started that because I was a GM and I was finding myself launching my campaigns by pulling all these things from all these different systems. I was pulling world creation mechanics from Microscope and I was pulling character connection questions from P different PBTA hacks, depending on what game I was running and all these different things. And it was just like such a annoying pain every time I started a campaign to like make sure I had copies of all this stuff from different games. And I was like, there should just be one game that does all of this but is also system agnostic and setting agnostic. So you can just pull it out and like play and like whatever system or setting you're playing in, it just works. Cause mm. you absolutely can create questions in a way that helps creativity and makes connections, but aren't like specifically sci-fi, aren't specifically fantasy. And uh, so I decided to do that. So I started playing around with uh, tarot decks and created Decima, which is a, 
the, we call it the R&D for your RPG. And it's basically a big world building tool in a little card box that you can just stick in your game bag and have with you at, at all times. The whole thing fits in the card box. Because you never know when you need to build a world for an RPG. Exactly. And also, like the last thing you need if you're playing like D&D or something, you have a million books already. The last thing you need is another book to bring with you just to create the stuff you're going to, you know, before you even get started. So like small, handy dandy. It's fantastic. Um, and just be clear, Decima is something GMs go in, into a, a, a room for weeks and they do and then they show up <laughs> back at the table. Is that what happens? No, no, no. You play it. It's collaborative with the people who are playing the game. Um, so the GM has some say in it, but also the players get to help create uh, bits of the world too, which it really helps the first couple sessions because no longer is it like, oh, okay, hey, you're in the town you all grew up in. And then they're like, okay, uh, my best friend is the blacksmith. What's their name and where do they live? Like you, you know, all that boring, like kind of awkward expository couple first sessions as they're getting to know the place that cuts, Decima cuts all of that out because boom, they helped you create the world. They helped you actually draw the map of the place where you're at. So they know as much about it as you do. So it really just, they're able to jump in and they have all this buy-in because they invested so much creativity into the world as well that they're just like ready to go. They they want to protect this place, all these things. So it really, it really jumpstarts campaigns as well. Hmm. Um, now, would you call Decima a game? It is a game, but it's also a game accessory. So I had this, I submitted to the Ennies this year. So I was like, okay, and uh, let's see, game, game accessory. So I ended up going with accessory because it mm -hmm. is made to, to to help with other games. It is, it is made to be a pre-game piece. So if you want, you can pull it out and you can play it like at 2 a.m. at a convention and have a great time. Um, I have a lot of friends who <laughs> have played a lot of it with me with playtesting and they they have a great time every time. They joke about like campaign blue balls because we've created so many incredible settings and worlds and things like that that we never were going to actually use. It was right, just to right. playtest the game. But it is very entertaining to play on its own. But its real design and function is to create details of a campaign for you to use in another setting and system. So how did you jump from decima to wanting to dis design starscape well i love pbta games and i i had been kind of like thinking of like what would i want to do what you know for a long time honestly sci-fi would not have been my guess <laughs> cuz sci-fi is not generally my my jam but uh i was pregnant in 2020 when the world shut down and um, I was just sitting and for my maternity leave. And then uh, when I had my child, I was I was like, OK, I'm sitting here for large amounts of time. I'm not allowed to go anywhere, especially because we were in lockdown and I had a literal newborn who was born after lockdown started. Um, so I was like, OK, it's a great opportunity. I guess I'll try watching Star Trek because I'd never really gotten into Star Trek as a nerd. Um, so I started watching and I started with Next Generation and then. I really enjoyed it. And I also had like like 10 hours a day to fill. So I was watching like 10 hours of Star Trek a day. And then I eventually very quickly got through uh, the original series. I also watched uh, Deep Space Nine, which I'd watched the most of, of the three. And then I also watched all of Voyager. Um, then I was like, hey, I'd love to play 
some like Star Trek. This would be fun because I was just like we were running some online games and things like that. So I started looking for a PBTA hack that really captured what I really was enjoying about Star Trek, which was the characters and the interaction and the trust and how they depended on each other and then mm -hmm. how like conflicts would come up and then that would test their trust within each other. And I didn't find any sci-fi games, period, but also specifically PBTA sci-fi games that focused on that piece. There are some incredible sci-fi hacks out there of PBTA, but none of them none of them had that focus. They all seemed focused on the outward threats that the crew would face. And to me, that was just like flavoring and like that things that the writers of those shows threw in there to mix it up between the crew to cause tensions, to test that trust. So that became something I really decided to, to focus on and see if I could design a game that focused on that. So um, I'm writing down in my notes, she made Starscape to fix Star Trek. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, how do you mechanize relationships in a game? That sounds really interesting. You said that at the top and I was just like, okay, so how exactly does that work? Uh, it's something I'm still working on. <laughs> it's in beta still, but yeah, mechanizing relationships is is very difficult. Um, and it's one of those things that people have to really buy into when they sit down with a system. Um, so there's a trust kind of modifier in the game that applies to everything. So as you do different actions, you gain and lose your trust, your trust bar. It's basically because everything's kind of gauges because it's sci-fi. So your, your trust uh, gauge goes up and down. Depending on where you're at with it, you get benefits or um, or uh, detractions from roles. So your roles do well. Um, so if you're very trusted, it's more likely you're, to, you're, you're more likely to succeed. Hmm. And um, it also is linked with conditions. People who've played PBTA are familiar with masks and things like that. So your trust and your conditions um, get marked. So the more conditions you have, that's like, um, they're, they're generally negative things. Each playbook actually has its own unique set of conditions, which is a kind of a unique piece that hasn't I, that I haven't seen in a PBTA game before, um, but you mark conditions instead of marking hit points. So mm -hmm. you'll get, um, you know, uh, 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 insecure. And like, there's just a whole bunch of different ones there. Um, you'll feel defeated. You'll feel um, angry or frustrated. So as you, things happen to you, you mark these conditions. And that also affects your stats as well. So as you are feeling worse and worse and worse. And these are specific conditions designed for your playbook, um, which each playbook has its own archetype, which is you can really lean into. Um, there's like the unfamiliar, which is kind of the data um, type character who's, you can be a robot or you can be an alien who's really unfamiliar with how like the, the rest of the cultures work here. A lot of times they're not a, a, an emotional being. Seven of nine is another example. Mm -hmm. um, so specifically with that playbook, um, like as you mark the the conditions that match like how what's happening and how you're feeling, your stats go down, which also impacts your roles. So as you're feeling worse, you're less able to do a good job, which then can affect your trust, which so it's all kind of the cyclical thing that works together. Okay. Um, so my role on an action is going to be based on my current trust 
And that is how I am trusted or how yes. I am trusting. Trusted. Gotcha. So okay. uh, if you do something and you fail at it, that can, that can lower your trust. And it's basically kind of the, what, how others view you is what it is. I'm having flashbacks to uh, <laughs> playing uh, football and basketball as a kid and um, knowing that I'll be picked last if I miss all three of these shots in a row <laughs> because I'll have no trust. Is it kind of like that? No, it's it it literally is a modifier for all your roles. So it's not it, it so and it's constantly fluctuating. It's going up and down a lot. What so, what, what adjusts your trust? That's I guess that's my question. What affects <laughs> how how you're trusted? Uh kind of a little bit of everything. So that's why it's a little bit of a hard thing to answer. Um if you're familiar with PBTA, each playbook, um, like we'll go back to the unfamiliar because that's mm -hmm. That's a, a trope everyone's familiar with is the unfamiliar. Um, <laughs> so um, you have your moves on your sheet, things that are, you know, very specific. Um, and so you can, as that playbook, depending on what build you pick, you can plug straight into computers. Like you can mm -hmm. like, however you want that to look, like you stick your your fingers in and you're like, you're, since you're a computer, you're able to, you know, communicate with the computer, right. things like that. So um that might mean that some people like it, if they're not familiar with that, like you might lose trust if you do that and then fail because then they're like creeped out and they're like, well, can we trust them? Like, it's kind of weird. It's very alien, even if they're aliens, like it's very strange. So things like that. So and then sometimes if you just don't do well at something like there's another playbook, which is the hotshot, which is kind of like the Riker, the Starbuck, that mm -hmm. kind of person who tends to you know, be kind of the, the romancer of the crew or have, you know, the, um, the relationships. And so like you might try and charm your way in somewhere. And if you don't do well, like that can affect your trust. Oh, like, yeah. so things like that. So as you attempt things and don't do well, um, there's also a mechanic in there. That's uh, the confrontation mechanic. So each playbook has specific things that are uh, like upsetting to them. So for example, the unfamiliar, one of the things listed is if someone treats you like an object. So they are a being, they are, you know, but if someone just treats them like a regular Android or like a coffee maker or something like that, that's one of the things that upsets them. So in those moments, they can choose to not say anything in which they mark a condition because they're kind of like internalizing their feelings, they're holding it all in, or they can choose to confront the other crewmate. And in those minutes, there's a, there's a whole little like slew of things that can happen where trust can go up and down for both of those characters as they, they talk it out and as they make their roles. So there's, it's very much a, a game that is about kind of the, the web that links in and connects all the different characters together. Um, so this sounds really exciting and interesting. Um, because the devil needs help. I'm gonna be his advocate today, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, like, how does this affect you killing the bad guys? Well, uh, if, it, like, regular, like very similar mechanics to other PBTA games as far as combat, um, there's a warrior playbook. Like, all the playbooks have uh, elements where they can absolutely, um, attack and things like that. And then like other PBTA systems, it also has the basic move sheet, which has what we call forces necessary, which is the attack move for the game. And so, yeah, you just, you can shoot them. 
Now, if you have a bunch of conditions, your role is going to have a lot of minuses to it. Mm. So that's kind of where that falls in there. Like if you are feeling, you know, self-conscious, you're feeling disillusioned. If you're, you know, feeling like a failure, you're not going to be as effective in combat. Uh, but, you know, you still can attack as much as you want. You're never not allowed to attack. You can always do try whatever you want. Um, but those conditions and that trust uh, does affect um, how you do that as well. Is uh, killing the bad guys the only way to overcome them? No, not, no, never, never. What, 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 are, what are the <laughs> options do you have for problem solving? I mean, it, it depends on the playbooks in play. There's the civilian, which is kind of like the face character or mm -hmm. one of the options of a face character. So you could send them in uh, for diplomacy. There's the outcast, which is kind of like the spy Garrick character. If you're a Deep Space Nine fan who maybe they have friends in like low places that can help out, help out and get the thing. Um, you can bribe them. There's like all different options that you can try. So there's 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 the obvious forces ne necessary option, but bribery, uh, sabotage is another thing that a couple of the playbooks, there's the rebel playbook, which is based on like um, uh, Mal from Firefly and a couple of things who they are an ex fighter of some cause. Mm -hmm. um, and so they are then, uh, and uh, Bellana Torres is another inspiration for that. So they have experience in, like sabotaging and exploding things. They're past that now, right? But so there's so many different options and depending on what you want to do. Uh, and yeah, there's you can be a full-blown diplomat of a whole planet and maybe you have the oomph to be like, you know, just to go into the situation and be like, you're going to stop this right now. You're going to cause an international incident. Or you can be like a low-life, you know, smuggler somewhere who's like, hey, I've got 30 credits in my pocket. If you turn the other way, they're going to fall on the ground and you can pick them up and like whatever. And no one will ask any questions. So there's lots of options if you don't want to take the like fighty route with things. And a role will determine success or failure. Is that how that works? Uh, it depends on the specific thing because each playbook has moves that are specific to that playbook. PBTA works kind of like a menu. It's my favorite mm -hmm. way of kind of describing it. So you've got your basic moves that everybody can try. That's like your scan a situation type thing and, you know, force is necessary. I'm going to look at a thing. I'm going to hit a thing. I'm going to, you know, study a thing. I'm going to talk to a thing. Like those are things anybody can try. And those are your basic moves. The playbooks have specific things that are very tied in with their archetype or trope. So um, if you are the civilian, which is kind of the face character, um, that would be, a, a, you could be a diplomat, you could be a business person, you could be a religious figure for that playbook. There's a couple of different paths you can take with it. Um, there are things there where they uh, uh, like have a specific move for talking someone into something. And then, yeah, you would roll with that with your benefits at the end uh, and different pluses. And um, yeah, then they maybe they can talk them into it or they have um, they have a move called frenemies also, which is like mm -hmm. you have connections somewhere and it could be, you know, connections on the up, up and up. If they're a diplomat, if they're a business person, maybe it's where they get, you know, maybe it's a little shady, but you can, they can kind of call on these frenemies and 
rolling on that determines um, how much help they can get from these friends. Like, right, does it, right, right. do they just get it for nothing if they roll really well? Do they, is there a price on there? You know, do they have to pay a price to these people in exchange for what they do and all those things? So there's always roles involved. Um, like most PBTA, it fails forward. So even if you fail your role, something interesting always happens. Hmm. Um, I guess I'm just curious if you have a diplomat, right? And the diplomat is bribing someone or bringing the greater authority uh, to bear. Um, how does that resolution work different than, um, say, a, a combat where, you know, I, I think D&D &D has given us uh, plenty of context to know, all right, now we're going to hit it till it goes away, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you say things can be resolved diplomatically, um, that almost feels like it's only one role that one player is making. Like, does how does the group engage with that? Well, Do you understand my question? No, absolutely. There's mechanics where people can help each other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There's help mechanics. There's uh, like... In D and D, they would be like blessings or mm -hmm, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you can buffs. do things like that. Buffs. There you go. Thank you. Um, but I also think it's. I think everyone can engage in a situation without everyone needing a turn against the same foe. Mm. So it may come down to that diplomat's one big role. But you can also have other people engaging in different ways. Like maybe to get to the diplomat, they had to sneak in the back, and someone else kind of like helped them. You know, the rogi type or the the outcast in, in this situation helped them sneak in the back door so they could talk to the big boss mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm, it is. Mm -hmm. So everyone has moments to shine. And I think that's one of the great things about good PBTA design is each playbook has such a unique role that they're all necessary. There's not one playbook that can do everything by themselves. So, and you never know what happens. Like you can make that role. And if they fail that role, like, okay, well, this diplomatic situation just became a combat. Gotcha. So there's lots of different things that can happen. Um, or like maybe a, a combat would cause a diplomatic situation that then they, that person would have to step in because the civilian is not a very fighty playbook. Mm -hmm. So in a combat situation, there would be a moment where like they probably, they can, they can also do buffs and things like that. And they really can help that way. Um, but when it comes to actually hitting somebody, like the civilian is not the playbook you'd want to choose if you want to fight a character. Gotcha. So it, it unlike a lot of tabletop games where everyone is optimized to do lots of different things so everybody can do something in every moment, very much like actual cast of characters on these shows, each playbook is very unique and specialized. Like you're not going to send data in for like to, to romance someone unless you want like a funny episode, you know? So you're going to send Riker or whatever it is. Right. So you want these playbooks, they're meant designed to be specialty. And then it's up to kind of the GM and the game to, to and the players at the table to kind of uh, cooperate, to go in a direction where everyone has moments. Gotcha. Um, let's talk about how the players interact with the game. Um, like how is, how does, uh, 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 you, you, you have a whole tool called decima for setting up the game um if i didn't have decima but i did have scar starscape how would i kind of get the game started um how, how does how does that work well 
because I like world building, there's actually a whole section for it built into the game. Yay. So you, you actually don't need Decima for this. It would, if you want to, great, but you don't have to. Um, because you, you you start off and there's actually literally like a questionnaire. I'm a fourth grade teacher in real life, so I make it very easy. It's like a little sheet you do um, where you choose like what flavor of sci-fi you want to do. Um, you know, is it going to be post-apocalyptic? Is it going to be utopian exploration? Is it going to be like retro future, like treasure planet? So there's all these options. And always you can always pick something that's not on the list. It's just, you know, suggestions more than guidelines. Um, you pick... Um, like the rating that you want your game to be. So everyone's in agreement about how hardcore or what kind what level of uh, entertainment you're going to have, like a mm -hmm. G rated, like mm -hmm. PG, R, whatever it is uh, you go through. And then you will also decide whether Earth exists in your universe, because that's a really important question that a lot of, hmm. uh, you know, kind of sci-fi either brushes over or assumes but that's a completely different thing. So the options there are, yes, it exists. No, it doesn't exist. Or yeah, but it's so far in the past that it's kind of a legend. We don't really know a lot of, you know, concrete information because that changes things. If you have a history of yeah. you have humanity with, you know, the awful things we've actually had to deal with in our history, you know, racism and, you know, misogyny and all these things that's a very different universe to play in if that's a part of humanity and humanity's past. Um, whereas if you're playing in a universe where that doesn't exist, maybe you're all aliens from a totally different planet. So that's kind of sets off um, differences that, that, that can be very pivotal in the universe you create. Um, yeah. And then you, <laughs> the position of earth is quite the existential question. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, um, then you actually, sorry, I went to, Mm -hmm. Got a mouthful of ice there. Sorry. Okay. Um, then you actually go on, you build your ship. There's like a little menu. I love menus, I guess. I don't know. Um, where you can pick different things or you can just create it whole cloth. There's also a table to help you create NPC uh, crew members if you want mm -hmm. those on your ship. Um, you know, maybe if you're playing on like, the enterprise, like obviously you're gonna have a bunch of NPCs cause you're not having like whatever, how many hundred people can survive on the enterprise. Um, uh, but if you're on, you know, if you're in Farscape, it's just you, you're just, the, just, a, just a couple of you and that's it. So you kind of have to decide that's part of like the question process. And then if you want to, you can create an NPC captain as well. Mm. Um, what other, uh, as as a designer, what other mechanics like struck you as exciting working on this? Um, one that uh, I absolutely have been told I need to mention as much as possible is the Mad Libs thing I added at the beginning, which is kind mm -hmm. of a campaign starter. Um, so a lot of times it's hard to kind of get, especially for one shots and things like that, uh, like momentum going. So I've written, there's a couple different options there where you you find a way to randomly enter the PC's names. I've done it by a PC age. I've done it by player age. I've done it by like alphabetical order of PC names. I've done it by alphabetical order of player names, but you want mm -hmm. it to be as random as possible. And just like Mad Libs, you go through and you just like, okay. And you fill in the names like randomly down the sheet. And then as you read it out, this is like an adventure that just happened in the last few days. Mm -hmm. So between two weeks and like two hours ago, so the, the players come up with kind of the, the basic parameters, but then you read, you know, uh, 
Rose was, you know, missing during the most important parts of, you know, most dangerous moments of this. So it's, again, like a bunch of generic things that fit kind of all situations. But as you read, it adjusts people's trust, but it also gives them something to jump off of. It's something that, hey, this just happened. So if the GM chooses to use that, it's optional. You don't have to. But if the GM chooses to use it, it really just like gives a big shove and like speeds oh. everything up in the beginning of the game. Look at that there. Momentum. Yes, momentum. Um, are there any uh, is are there any uh exciting pieces of media? Uh roll 20 support, APs. Uh, <laughs> you know, I stumbled across this game, um, not just listening to your podcast, but uh at my local convention, and people were having fun playing it, and I was like, Whoo! Oh, there's there's an actual game here. It's not just talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, are there well, APs you, or anything? Uh, there are some APs of it. Um, I've been running it a ton at a bunch of different conventions. I know some other people have picked it up. The beta is available right now on itch on goldenlassogames.itch.io. Um, and the exciting thing about it is it's pay what you will right now. So you can go, you can download it. And as I update the game, the updates will all be posted. And you'll have whoever downloads it. Um, has free access to all the updates forever, including the eventual final game. Sure. So at least the digital version. So all of that for helping out with, uh, you know, the playtesting. <laughs> Thank like you it. to everyone who playtests. Um, but yeah, there's actual plays. Um, we're doing, we're going to be doing an, like an updated actual play later this year with some of the new mechanics. Um, we had a really great one shot um, with uh, Riley Silverman and Abria Iyengar, like, I feel it was forever ago now. It was like over a year ago, but um, it's a little bit older version of the game, but it very much gives like the vibe of how right. the game goes, um, which is uh, barely contained chaos, lots of emotions and like lasers. That sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, uh, how can people become part of your community and, 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 and engage and learn more and see, see from the sidelines what's going on with Starscape? Um, they can always go to my website, which is goldenlassogames.com. Um, they can also follow Golden Lasso RPGs um, on lots of different social media platforms. Um, following the itch.io page is also a great way because there's updates when, if you follow pages there, you can get updates when new things are posted. Um, I am working on a couple different games at the moment. So some of them might be done. Starscape is like the big thing. So that's kind of the in there for a little bit more of a long haul. I'm thinking they'll it might be ready to like kickstart or whatever we do um, like early uh, 2024, um, but we'll see. And uh, yeah, just all of those social media platforms are the best. And always like uh, just golden lasso girl is me and I talk about stuff a lot too. So, but if you want to follow the abs the actual game company and not deal with all my other bullshit, like <laughs> golden lasso RPGs is the thing. And for those who don't know, that's because Kimmy is a wonder woman. <laughs> I'm a very busy person, yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much. This is this is like a great little chat. Uh, like I said, uh, it's it's a podcast you don't have to edit. <laughs> very exciting. The world. <laughs> always good to to be part of a podcast that I don't have to edit. <laughs> And um, yeah, good luck with and looking forward to playing Starscape. Yeah, it's uh, it's I'm very proud of it. It's I think it's something that's kind of unique in the space. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby 
and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.